Okay, 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 okay. It is G Wandering Night 8 on Faces and Feels podcast. I'm continuing now straight after the Night 7, back to back, because then I'll be up to date. I briefly thought I was up to date before, but oh how I was wrong. A week of G1 uh, has run its toll on me. I've got three episodes in the can that I've still got to edit and put out, and this will be the fourth. Uh, So (laughs) I'm jumping straight into it. I'm sure you've all heard the theme song a thousand times now, so I'm cutting straight past it and getting into the matches straight away. Uh, We watched this one last night, so it's fresh in my mind. This is where I want to be. I want to be delivering the stuff as soon as it comes out, but it can be so challenging when it's every night of the week and we all have lives and dinners and sleeps and things to happen, as well as, you know, social events and fun and also not always going to be cloistered away in the spare room, staring into a closet uh, with a microphone hanging out of it, uh, delivering uh, delivering a podcast. But I am loving it. I hope that someday people will listen to it and love it too. Uh, I have just done uh, the final things I need to make sure it is online Um It's already live on Spotify. It's already live on iTunes and Stitcher. Google Play was taking too long, the Google Podcast app, so I contacted the fine people at Red Circle. They told me how to expedite it because they would take a few weeks. But So I have done that, and I've got the Google Podcast account cruising, and uh, that says that'll be a couple of days. Once it's on that, which is my preferred platform, I feel like it will be a real podcast. I feel like it will be something I can share with my friends and... uh, and it will be there on my phone and I can show it and, and feel proud of it, you know. It's weird doing this entire entire like thing has been kind of weird. It's been, I, I always say it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but every single time I do it, it's sort of scary. I guess like whenever you do something creative or put yourself out, you're always clouded with doubts like, who would even want to listen to this? Are my opinions right are they in line with like the internet? Like, am I? Is my take the same as somebody else's take? And people are going to think that's a copy of something else. And whenever I start to feel that way, I really just try and push it aside. I, I just kind of want to do this for me, you know. And and hopefully, hopefully for you too, those who like it. I, I um, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling. I am not an expert by any means. I'm not in the business. I'm just somebody that digs it and want to talk about it, you know. And in Australia, there's only a few people that I can talk to about it, you know. My wife, uh, our our best friend uh, Mo, um, my mate Travis that you've heard on it, and then I've got uh, several other mates, uh, Mark and Douche and Olds, uh, and then some other guys around Perth that I sort of know are into it, things like that, but I don't know super well and talk about it heaps with. So sometimes it's nice to just have a vent, and especially now after watching something, straight after it, I've got the day off the next day, I can sit down, I can have a think, and I can kind of speak about it. That's a, that's a little bit more exciting to me. So it would be so much easier if every day was a day off. Maybe I need to quit my job. But then there'd be no money. That would be the whole thing. And also Travis probably would be pretty mad at me too because we work together, so that wouldn't work out. All right then. So I'm going to jump into it. I'll think about that. Here's a challenge. If anybody in the future is listening to this and you're like, this dude's all right and he would be good at doing this full time, uh, 
I will, I'm sure, at some point cave into advertising like everybody else and you can give me some money and then I can do it full time. But that is a long away dream and in the meantime, I just need to keep doing it, do it because it's fun and I want to do it. And, you know, I can hold myself to all the schedules in the world, but if I can't make them because real life gets in the way, I can't make them and I need to not be as hard on myself. But I'm trying my hardest to do this task. I'm doing all the G1s as they come out as quickly as I can get to them. So that is the plan. So as I was saying, day eight uh, begins with Juice Robinson defeating Toru Yano. Now, I, I thought this match was really funny. A lot of people don't like Juice. A lot of people don't like Yano. A lot of people say Yano's shtick is tight. For me, that's where things get really funny. I like when jokes are funny and then they get taken too far and then they're not funny. And then the joke is that they're still happening and they keep going even further. And that's how I use Yano. Like, everybody knows what's going to happen. And then when it happens, you're like, hooray, it's happening because it's like, of course it's happening because it's Yano and he's full of shit. So it's like, of course there's athletic tape, of course there's thing, of course there's whatever. And when he then just like throwbacks and stuff or, you know, he always yells stuff and things like that. I always remember uh, when he had the match with Kenny Omega and he had his DVDs at the time and they start the match and it goes ding, ding, ding. And he just goes, stop, 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 present. And then just holds out the DVD case. And Keith's like, what? And he's like, present for you. And he's like, uh, okay, okay, thanks. And he's like, yeah. And then, then he opens it. And as he opens it, Yano like hits the bottom of it and it's full of powder and it like blinds him and then he tries to roll it up. It's like the same dumb shit he always does. But obviously it's like, how will this guy fall for it or whatever? And he did that with Juice. So they were about to start and he's like, present. And it's like a Yano shirt. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I've seen you up to some bullshit before. And he's like, no, no, it's good. And he's like, oh, well, that's pretty nice. And maybe I'll put on. I'm like, don't you turn around. And of course, he inevitably turns around. Then Yano tries to roll him up and stuff like that. And it's like so dumb, but it's fun. And these guys work so hard, like every single other match that I think it's, they probably all look forward to having just a stupid match, a stupid night off and like, uh, having a mess around with him doing dumb things. So I really liked it. The great thing about Yano, I feel like he may have still won it. Like even when I was watching, I I think I picked... Yeah, I did. I picked Juice. At that point, obviously, we do our picks in advance. I'd never imagined Yano would be undefeated. So when it was starting, I was like, he's got to lose now. There's no way he's running this entire thing undefeated. But yeah, so Juice got it out. And I I thought Juice played into his bullshit really well, where he's like, you come out here. And he's like, you come in here. <laughs> like, and they're just yelling back and forth. So anyway, it's not for everybody. I have fun with it and I can kind of let go of it and let the other guys in the the night have the, the good matches. So uh, that one was knocked out nice and quick, which I appreciated. And uh, I lost that tip. Uh, then there was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Goto. As I have said at nauseum, I have not picked Goto to beat anybody, basically. Um, and yeah, that came back to haunt me here. Well, no, no, it did come back to haunt me. It came to help me when Zack Sabre Jr. pinned him out of nowhere in like four minutes or something. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm losing my mind. I'm flicking between sheets. Uh, but yeah, so ZSJ beat him. I, I also like like that New Japan know that 
this is a long tournament and not every match can be a 20-minute classic. They know people get tired. You know, there's event fatigue and things like that. Let's just knock out a couple of shock wins. Doesn't hurt Goto. Make Zach look good. On to the next one and give more time to the other guys so you're not having these huge three-hour events every time. So, yeah, there was nothing much to, to say about it. A lot, a lot of exchanges, and then he rolls him up out of nowhere, and Zach rolls out of the, the ring and says it was a piece of piss, and he wasn't wrong, and Goto's sort of still nursing that shoulder. So I wonder whether my neglect of B-Block will come back to help me when he never wins another match. Has he even won a match? Hang on, let's check the spreadsheet and see if he has won a match. Okay, so he's won one match. Which match did he win? Oh, well, listen to the previous podcast I get. I don't, I don't have the time to go back and figure that out. <laughs> so, yeah, okay then. So maybe he won't win another match, and that will make me very happy as that will line up with my tips as my wife is breathing down my neck on those tips at the moment. Breathing down my neck. A quick update on the tip, tipping poll. Travis is up to 21. I am on 26. Amy is on 25. And Mo is on 21. As you guys know, the only the only ones that super matter is me beating Travis, as that has stakes. But there are stakes as far as the greater good and the uh, bragging rights within our group. And I will win if I have my way. So... Yeah, I got to watch out. She got had a real good night on this, as it did not go my way a lot of the time. Okay, then I had tipped Tanahashi to beat Yoshihashi, and that is what happened. Uh, and I thought it was a good match. Yoshihashi continues to be a bit of a little MVP for me uh, in these matches. I've never liked anything he's done before, and yeah, he's showed good fire. I particularly liked uh, at the very end of the match when after. Tanahashi had won. Yoshihashi's like, you know, on the ground, kind of hurt, and Tanahashi like kneels down and was like nodding and smiling like, good job, kid. Uh, and I think that's good. And as this plucky underdog who's getting better and doing his best, I think Yoshihashi, this is where, where he sits, you know. He's always going to come to the room looking very uncertain and kind of nervous and he just takes deep breaths and stuff. But when he's in there, I, I feel like he's doing a, doing a good job. So good work, Yoshihashi. Keep on... Uh, getting back up. Um, then I had tipped Evil to defeat Kenta. As this match was happening, I thought there was no way that was going to play out. Uh, like, absolutely no way. Uh, Kenta was getting the better of all their bullshit. Uh, he was hitting Togo with the briefcase. It was... Yeah, he, he had them all on the ropes, and I thought, man, he's going to do it. I really liked as well... One thing about Kenta, like I've, I've talked about some kind of his botchy stuff that I don't like and sometimes his hits don't hit as firm and, and things like that. I, I like the moments that he brings, not just in promos and stuff, but also like in the ring. So I remember there was a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club like six-man tag or something like that. And this is when Kenta was the never champion. And maybe it was World Tag League or maybe it was... It doesn't matter. Anyway, it was Bullet, Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. And they get in, and Kenta's starting, and I think he's opposite Chase Owens, and he just points to the ground. And he's like, that's it. Get pinned, kind of thing. Lay down, we'll pin it, and it'll be all over. Smash my computer, uh, and it'll be all over. And Chase is like, nah, man, nah. And then Kenta goes, nah, and then walks over to his corner, and he picks up the Never title belt. He, like, taps it, 
And he's like, this is me. I've got seniority. Lay down. Let's go. I'm the champion. Let's do it kind of thing. And and Joseph's like, yeah, yeah, all, all right. And then like tries to roll him up or something when he goes to get him. But the same thing or that same vibe happened in this where he was uh, facing off with evil. He slides out of the ring. Togo's there. And then he, like, grabs Togo by the head and, like, starts whispering in his ear, like, aggressively, and, like, Togo pushes him away, like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm evil's man and stuff. He's always scheming and he's always trying to, like, be a bit higher in the Bullet Club and stuff, and I like those little little moments. So Kenta's doing great character stuff. So, But it worked out for me and evil got the win there. I said last week that uh, I thought Sonata would defeat Naito because uh, he'd gone, like, without a win yet. I think he'd gone three straight losses. Um, and that is what came to pass. I had tipped Naito, though, and, and I thought it was a great match. I thought, like, Sonata has really picked up this tournament for me. I'm really starting to kind of get into get into his matches. He's moving faster. He's got more, uh, more kind of, what am I trying to say? Like, Speed and deliberateness and and everything. I, I guess in the past, like being cold skull Sonata, he's tried to be like icy and slow and deliberate and stuff. But I th- I think this sort of lends itself better to him. And I thought they had a great match. And there was moments where like Sonata kind of gets the better of Naito and he's smiling about it and stuff because he's wanting to bring out the best in. You know, he obviously wants to win, but he wants the best in his stable mate as well. And then Sonata wins, and they also had a good moment where he sort of checks on him and he throws up the fist, and of course Naito accepts. And then Sonata had his big moment in the ring afterwards, um, as he did when he beat Okada that time, because it's his hometown, I believe, Nagaoka. Uh, he has all the lights come down, and he says to the crowd, it's like, shall we do it again, or something like that. Uh, and they, hang on, I'm going to just... And they... And everybody kind of like, yeah, and people just start to turn on their lights and stuff, and then he turns down the thing, and he says, uh, this is my gift to you, and uh, it's like all black, and all the phone lights are on, and the commentators go, oh, so romantic. <laughs> I was like, so, there's something about Japanese, uh, uh, the Japanese language that's so amazing to me, uh, and, and the certain things that are kind of lost in translation, like I'm... I'm sure it's sort of meant in like a different context or whatever. I was like, they're not wrong. He's pretty handsome. <laughs> so that was good. And then then he says um, something like, I really hope to do well by you all or whatever. And then the commentator, commentator says, his statement <laughs> or something like that. That's like, yep. And I guess these are just affirmation terms, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, really thoughtful or a really beautiful moment and, and yes, we agree and, and stuff, but but the subtitles always make me laugh. Um, I have tried learning some Japanese, I f- and with all the times I've been there, I feel like I get worse at it every time. So I know I really need to reapply myself to it. But, you know, this, I've said this to the girls before, I'm like, there's something as well about when you travel in Japan where, that's pretty magical not knowing the language. I feel like in English-speaking countries, like all you've got, like when you go out and around, it's just like a din of people's conversations and their lives, and you hear all of that. Whereas in Japan, there's there's voices, but I I have no idea what they're saying, and so there's kind of like a peace when I'm there, you know. And then it also leads to some really great moments with 
with Japanese people who don't speak English, but you you know you pantomime it out or you point to a thing and stuff, and you understand each other, and it's and it's always a great time. Like you smile and you laugh. It's like oh okay yeah yeah yeah, and and there's a connection there even without speaking the same language, and it's always really enjoyable to me. So. Maybe that that's probably play, plays a little bit of a part of me not applying myself to learning it. I do want to kind of learn more than just the the basic, you know, arigatos, kanichiwas, gomenasais. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe had I got locked down, I would have done it. <laughs> but I'm working on this podcast, and that's going to take up my time for the foreseeable future. Um the next event that we're going to have um, is not until the 5th. So I've got a couple of days off from this. I can get things edited. I can get things posted. Um, the matches for the night are going to be Shingo versus the Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi, and I have chosen Shingo. It is Jeff Cobb versus Jay White, and I have picked Jay White. It is Okada versus Suzuki, and I have picked Suzuki, the never champion, putting Okada down there. Uh, Ishii versus Tai Chi, uh, and I have picked Ishii, picking up uh, his second win of the tournament. Uh, and Ibushi versus Osprey, and I've picked Osprey, uh, putting a big statement win onto his G1 run. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, as I look at it, I'm not all the way can like. Uh, convinced that Okada will lose. Um, maybe Suzuki's in that terrible money clip hold and and choking out by the end of it. But I really hope he's not. Um, and it looks like I've got some pretty different tips to the other people in the league. So let's hope I can pull out a win there and continue to beat Travis. Thank you, everybody, for listening to G Wondering Night 8. Uh, and I will see you all down the road Please remember to check out our Instagram, Faces Feels Cast, Twitter, at Faces Feels Cast, or email, facesandfeelscast at gmail.com. If you've got any questions or topics I would like to talk about or, or you'd like me to talk about, I'd be more than happy to do so, and it will give me some ideas for more content. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you for your time. This has been G Wondering and I will see you all later. Peace out.